0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second ever Today in Sports Podcast. I am JP. I am joined once again by Anthony. Anthony, how are you doing, my man?
1: I am doing good today. Happy to be on.
0: Yeah, here we go. Um, we had some we have a lot of college basketball news to get to, some coaching hires, some retirements, and even the Elite Eight and the Final Four, which should be really exciting to talk about. And we got a lot to talk about today, so let's get just straight to it. Anthony, the Elite 8. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, it was it was uh, um it's going to be difficult to talk about for me. I'm a Michigan fan, for those of you who don't know. And we lost to UCLA. Well, 51 to 49 was the final score, and it was very it was very disappointing in my opinion. Um Anthony, anything to say about that?
1: Um yeah, I mean UCLA, they really slowed the game down. They played like a low-scoring, defensive, run it through your best player type of game. Don't turn the ball over. They didn't let Michigan get out and run much. They limited the three ball. They really, you know, the only hole that they had was, you know, the inside. You know, Dickinson was having a type that type of game. Um I don't really know. I mean, really close game. Cronin's going to be a good coach. He's going to get that program back up, in my opinion. I think he brings something to the program that they've been lacking in years past. Um, but really, I, I just look to the play at the end of the game, down one, 10 seconds left. If you're Juwan Howard, you know, after what happened in the Ohio State game, you know, 28 seconds, you dribble it out for that long too. I think you go inside, you're in the double bonus but, you know, Michigan didn't really play like they deserve to win. Honestly, uh, UCLA really outplayed them.
0: I mean, <laughs> you pretty much started, you took the words out of my mouth for me, man. I mean, Franz Wagner, I mean, we, we – we, I'm going to say a place said like we didn't deserve to win. You shoot 54%. Oh, yeah, from- when, you,
1: when you score 49 points in a college basketball game in 2021, you don't deserve to win the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we, we shot – this, this is not
1: 1950. Like- mm-hmm, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and we shot 54% from the free throw line. That – that can't happen. Six of eleven. It's it oh, just
1: you guys. You guys shot below. I think what was it? Probably like thirty-five percent from three, something like that.
0: And yeah, that's where the lo- no, That's, no. that's why I don't get the logic of John Howard. He's done a fantastic coaching job this year, like Anthony said in the last. Oh, episode.
1: For sure, for sure. Fantastic, he but me... everything. Let's not discredit what John Howard did. He brought in really good transfers, built a good roster this year, and obviously with all the senior experience, was able to have a good season. With that being said, they underachieved.
0: I, I I would so me and Anthony were talking about this um after the loss, and we were kind of going over the accolades that Michigan achieved this year. Big Ten outright regular season champions, but I'm gonna have to agree with Anthony on this one. It's not a failure of a season. You can't call a Big Ten championship winning season yep. a failure. You can't you can't call it a failure. But it's disappointing, and we did underachieve. This is one of the best chances Juwan Howard, in my opinion, will have to get to a Final Four.
1: Oh, for sure. And for sure. When you have all this experience, seven seniors, those are the type of guys that win in March. When you have a fifth-year senior point guard, you have a shooting guard, Eli Brooks that has been there as a senior. You know, the experience is there. There's enough talent there in Wagner and Dickinson. You know, you're playing against a team in UCLA – that's lacking in some areas, specifically on, at, with the front line, under the rim. And we know. got
0: we got one of their we got one of their better players into foul trouble. He had four points oh, yeah. in the
1: game. yeah.
0: fouled out early. To me, you you go, you beat a you beat a Texas Southern team who's a 16 seed, as expected, and then you go and beat a very 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 under seeded LSU team led mm-hmm. by Cam Thomas wearing the 24 in the purple and gold. Um. And then you go and smash Florida State out of the building, run them out of their run them out of their shoes, and then for you to go and lose to a first four team in the Elite Eight, fifty one to forty nine, with your Coach of the Year, and you got you got all Big Ten honors all over that team, you got NBA draft picks on that team to go and lose by two points, not to discredit UCLA, they played a great game, they've had a great tournament, they've knocked out. Uh, Michigan State, Abilene yep. Christian, BYU, um, Alabama, the list goes on. They had a great tournament. They just added to the resume by beating Michigan, deservedly so. But that that this is just very disappointing. As a Michigan fan looking on, I am so proud of what this team has accomplished. They gave me some great memories this year, man. I mean, it, they just like, every time it was a game day this year, I was just so happy to wake up in the morning, and I knew I would be getting that great Michigan basketball that night. But to lose to UCLA in this fashion, I just think it's a, I, I think it's very disappointing adding on to what Anthony says. So, I mean, that's all to be said for Michigan-UCLA at this point. We'll come maybe come back to it later in the show. But let's move on to our next game, Baylor and Houston. You know, Anthony, <sighs> Baylor's coming alive. They're looking oh, quite yeah. dangerous. And it's looking like – we'll make predictions later on. But it's looking like Baylor and Gonzaga – Might be able to get that matchup. Let's not go too in-depth with the predictions now because we'll be talking about later in the show, but... Wow. Davion Mitchell. Fantastic. I mean...
1: The Baylor guards, you know, when you have experience, the ability to get your own shot at any time, the way they defend as a team, one through five, it's very impressive, you you know. Arkansas made it close, but... You always had the feeling Baylor was gonna pull it out. And it was, was
0: never. Gonna, it was never really.
1: It, it was, was a never a doubt. Arkansas made it close, yeah. like the scoreboard, but Baylor had the game won from the start. I
0: mean, yeah, mark mark you my know, words. The way
1: that they play. I mean, they have a really good team built there.
0: Mark mark my words here. Um, I think we're gonna be seeing Davion Mitchell, number forty five, not not to be confused with Donovan Mitchell, on the Utah Jazz, but. Davion Mitchell on the Baylor Bears. I think we're going to be seeing him in the NBA. He is a good I, player.
1: I agree. I mean, when you have a guard that defends like that, it's pretty rare. You know, a lot of teams look for a guard that can. But def- he gets up into you. He forces turnovers. Yep. He takes the other team completely out of their offense. When you take the other team's opposing or like the opposing guard out of their offense, I mean, there's like it just really helps your team boost your whole team's. You know ability to succeed and i mean they're getting out of running they're hitting threes as a result he's so key to that team he does so much he's the glue guy you know
0: yeah man and like jerry butler who was not having a good tournament up to this point really showed out against um oh yeah and yeah that was fantastic
1: When you have guards that can get to the spots like Butler and Mitchell can, you know, it really just opens up everything for your team. Like there's always going to be a point in the game where you're struggling to get a good look, but you just have that guard you can go to. He can go get you a basket. It's just that type of thing that leads you to a Final Four, ultimately probably a national championship appearance in my eyes. Yeah. So I'll leave that for later in the show with the predictions, but... And we also got to give credit to Mark Vital and those bigs. I mean, the way they yeah. play, they're athletic. They can get upstairs for dunks, um, alter shots. They get up and down the floor. I mean, it's a really complete team. And even the forward play, you got Matthew Mayher, I believe is his name, hitting threes from everywhere.
0: Yeah, fantastic. That's that's the
1: I mean Massey O'Teague, a lot of people don't talk about him.
0: He had a great game against Arkansas. I mean Oh yeah, yeah. a
1: lot of a lot of big time baskets, good shooters. You know, Baylor's got a really good built team. I mean, they were really good last year before the pandemic obviously hit. This year I view them as even more as even more dangerous from just the standpoint of even being even more experienced heading into this point of the year. But yeah, Baylor's a great team. I mean, Arkansas really there was not much that you can do in that situation. I mean, there's too much on that Baylor team for them to match up against. They had a great run though, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean Yeah, now that's pretty much all we can say about Baylor for now. Um, moving on to our next game. Houston against Oregon State. Um who was really I mean Houston dominated from the jump they had a 17 point lead until that was cut down to about a two-point lead I believe but the Cinderella and the Cinderella run excuse me for Oregon State came to an end um on on Monday yeah I mean
1: yeah I mean the game was pretty ugly hard to watch you know yeah. <laughs> very low percentage, all that stuff you know like or Oregon State just had trouble getting good shots. Houston's length and athleticism really was bothersome. You know, like similar to Baylor, Houston has guards that can defend, which takes Oregon State out of their offense. I mean, made life difficult for them. Oregon State had a valiant comeback, though, in the second half. I'll give them a lot of credit where credit's due. I give Houston credit. They've made a phenomenal run, but to beat all double-digit seeds to get to this point, you really wonder what type of team they are. You know, obviously we we know they're a good basketball team, but I just I really believe that that bracket just kind of fell perfectly in place for them. Yeah, the
0: definitely. I mean, I believe are they aren't they the first team to ever do that? All double first team three? to
1: ever play all double-digit seeds on a run to a Final Four.
0: Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I mean.
1: And they, and they could have easily lost that game to Rutgers in the round of 32 as well. I mean, they were down most of the Definitely, game. Definitely, the yeah. I, yeah I they, mean- have, they have a good team, don't get me wrong. But I unlike Gonzaga or Baylor, I don't really see as much with Houston when it comes to once they get to the Final Four making it will We'll discuss that later, obviously, in the show. But impressive win, obviously, to make it to a Final Four. Coach has been there for a very long time. He was deserving of it. Um, what I find funny, arguably their best player, one of their best players, Quentin Grimes, was set to come back to Kansas for a sophomore year. Bill Self takes away his spot. There is no spot for him on the roster. Yeah. To Houston, And now they're and,
0: in the uh, final four.
1: They, yeah, taking him to the final four. I find yeah. that very interesting, especially with the way Kansas season ended this year.
0: Exactly. I, I was thinking about that as well. I mean, that's pretty much all you could say right now about Houston. And let's move on. To our last elite eight game the gonzaga bulldogs improved to 30 and now their fifth street season to do so or first season to be uh have 30 wins excuse me um yeah. wow this was never a game anthony this i mean gonzaga led from tip off to buzzer i mean wow wow, yeah, wow. I mean, it was it
1: was we both thought USC would cause some problems with the Mobley we were, brothers.
0: I mean, we looked dumb. We were we were having we were having trouble picking Timmy, the game. Timmy was having a field
1: day down low. We exact we did exact they, they did exactly what we thought was not going to happen. They were exactly. able to go. Inside. We
0: thought Timmy. We thought Timmy was going to have a rough game. We Timmy, thought Mobley Timmy, was going to Timmy lock Timmy up the
1: whole half. I mean, Jalen Suggs had a great game. I believe it was 18, 10 and eight, if I recall. Um. Mm-hmm. Namhard goes really untalked about. I keep I said it the last podcast. Definitely. He he's very good. Not really talked about, but makes that team special. Obviously Kisper can step in and knock down threes. You know, every shot Gonzaga gets is a high quality look, which makes them which makes them very hard to beat. Like the way they cut, the way they run their stuff, the way Mark view has them, they're getting good looks every time down the floor. They're cracking forty plus points a half. It it is hard to beat that team, very hard. Like I
0: mean, I don't know. I
1: was at a disadvantage. Like you would, we did not think it would be like this, but it was like that. I okay, mean, when you you look at Gonzaga on paper, it looks very good, but then you see them play. When you see them play, I mean. I mean, yeah. they, were
0: just, they were just great. I mean, I, I, there's really not much to be said on Gonzaga. I mean. They got, they got the big three, Suggs, Timmy, and Chris Burt, and wow, I mean, they're looking unbeatable. And, mm-hmm. Well, now we can really talk about predictions. We are going to do some Final Four and Championship game predictions. Anthony, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Our first matchup in the Final Four is going to be Baylor going up against the Houston Cougars. Anthony, who do you have in this matchup?
1: I just think Baylor's going to be too much. Me but. too. I,
0: I, <laughs> playing I the, no, Not to play discredit Houston. Like Houston made first Final Four, I think, since 1984. What a run. But, I They're mean, dude, this Baylor team is looking...
1: Players, they've had players like Hakeem and Clyde Drexler play there. Like, you know, great for them to make a Final Four, you know? But, I mean, yeah.
0: Baylor is just looking
1: too good, my man. <laughs> they, playing all doubles as seeds, the seeds, then you're going to play Baylor. I just think it's going to be a problem for them and... I'll tell you one thing. The way they played last game, you're not going to be Baylor, simply put. Nope. Missing all those threes. You're not going to get a – the problem is Oregon State ran a zone, and when when you run a – it's hard to get the rebounds. Houston is able to dominate the glass, get rebounds, kick outs, and, you know, eventually score on second, third opportunities. That's not going to happen against Baylor. Baylor's not going to run a zone. They're going to play you straight up, man. They're going to take you out of your offense. Yep. They're going to be able to score the ball with those guards. This is Baylor's game to win unless they, you know, don't play up. Well,
0: Houston can put up an unbelievable game. But, yeah, I think we're going to both ride with the, the Baylor Bears on this one. Yeah. In our second Final Four game, got Gonzaga against UCLA. Gonzaga favored by 14 points is the spread. And, I mean.
1: Yeah. Is anybody, um, is
0: anybody really – are we even going to even say who we're going with this game? I mean, I don't think there's any need. I, I'm going, we're going with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. I, I, I can speak for both of us on this one, A.B. Yeah, um, it didn't really
1: matter if they played Michigan or UCLA in my eyes. I just – they are – the way they're playing, I don't think anyone's denying them from this national championship.
0: Unreal. Un, unreal, my man. I mean, they are just playing, playing great. I mean, you can't I had my concerns coming in with their with their conference schedule, but I mean, wow, they proved they proved me wrong. I mean, wow. I mean,
1: Gonzaga, Gonzaga consistently though runs pretty well in March. You know, we always talk about you know their conference they do. schedule, which is absolutely not the best. They can always I, do consistently if, four and one.
0: if I can add in real
1: quick, yeah, go, go they on. do
0: they do well in March, but they usually like is this Mark fuse? How, is this the second Final Four?
1: This is his second Final Four, but yeah. this is probably this is gonna be for sure by far his best team.
0: Oh, by by a mile. I mean, this guy's been the coach at Gonzaga for a while. He's had players like oh, Demarcus great great,
1: great, great coach. You know. In my um, opinion,
0: I'm, in my opinion, if he doesn't get it done, you cannot. I don't want to hear his name. I don't. Not to discredit the guy, but if he doesn't get it done this year, number one, I don't think he'll ever get it done. He'll,
1: he'll never get it done if he doesn't get it done this year. This is yeah. gonna be his best team by a mile, top to bottom, the best. The way they can score, they can they can force you to turn the ball over they did against USC. It's a very good team. I mean, very hard to beat. There's so many guys that can hurt you on that team. They're so efficient. They don't beat themselves. You know, there there's not a lot of team why they're so great is that nobody else in college basketball does it as efficiently as they do. I don't really see many mess ups with Gonzaga.
0: You don't. I mean, they just gave,
1: forty minutes.
0: Start start to finish. I mean, they've been fantastic. And in my opinion, if Mark Few doesn't win it this year, I don't want to hear his name in the conversation of Coach K, Tom Izzo, uh, Roy Williams. I don't. I don't want to hear it. No, I, you, can't. I, you can't. Very important
1: year for Mark Few. Very important year. You don't get this type of team every day. For sure.
0: and, and that, and that gives us the national championship of Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, this is gonna be a little bit of a harder one to tell, but. Me and Anthony were talking before the show. We, we, we really thought that Baylor and, uh, was the only team that could really give Gonzaga a fight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, wow. Anthony, are you taking?
1: Um, I really think this game, believe it or not, might surprise a lot of people. can go oh, either way. I think to finish the year undefeated is high, high pressure. I think if Gonzaga gets past UCLA, which it should be able to, I really believe that game against Baylor will be extremely high pressure. They might not play fully up to where they're capable of. I think the way Baylor defends, the way their guards play, they can defend one through five. They can bother Gonzaga a little bit. They can slow them down possibly a little bit. Should be a very close game. Um, I think Gonzaga will ultimately pull it out, but I would not be surprised if Baylor does really I would The way Baylor is built this year, I think they can match up against Gonzaga. They've been one and two right next to each other the whole year for a reason. I think that they're both very good. You know, people obviously talk about Gonzaga being undefeated. Baylor's undefeated before COVID. They get COVID. They drop a couple games, but ultimately are back to playing where they were when they were undefeated. These are two dominant teams. Should be a very good competitive game. I'd ultimately give the edge to Gonzaga just because of, you know, just mo- the more more pieces that they have.
0: Yeah, say, you could even say hard. like wait, when when let's say Jalen Soggs is not having his best game, you have Chris Crisper there, excuse me, and Timmy yeah. to pick up the slack. You got those big three, and I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna ride with the Zags on this one as well. I mean I agree with Anthony completely. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be a
1: great game. Don't get me wrong. If Baylor comes, if Baylor comes out and wins this game, there is no surprise.
0: No, nope. I, I agree with that a
1: great year. You can make a case COVID doesn't hit. They're undefeated right now.
0: Oh, yeah. You could definitely make a case for that.
1: You know, so should be a great game. I would give the slate edge to Gonzaga just because I think that they're still more efficient than Baylor. Baylor sometimes has their moments. You know, they let Arkansas get a little closer. Every game Gonzaga's played in this tournament has been dominant. You have to ride with that. Gonzaga's won every game by double digits in this tournament.
0: Pretty yeah. remarkable
1: got to go with them. But again, Baylor in that underdog role could offer problems. You know, the last game to be undefeated should be a great game. Go
0: Gonzaga. 100%. And that will wrap it up for the final four in Elite Eight. Um, We're going to move on to some more college basketball, but we're going to, like, kind of switch the topic from the tournament. we got a couple of coaching hires. Shaka oh, yeah? Smart to Marquette and Chris Beard. Filling in the shoes of the Texas coaching job, wow. I mean, yeah. I know. I I I'm. I can say I'm surprised with Shaka Smart. I mean, of course they had that tragic exit this year to Abilene Christian, and I, I think if they got past the, them, they could have been in the Final Four right now, to be honest. But um, wow. Um, the I, I can say I'm surprised with the, with the Shaka Smart move. What about you, Anthony?
1: I am a little bit surprised, but the success has not really been there at Texas. The fan base, kind of like football, is a little bit lethal towards the coaches, you know. Definitely. I, maybe he hears the stuff in the back in the background there, you know. He hasn't like like he has not had much success at Texas when it comes to the tournament. Um, Marquette's a good good place to be at. They have some basketball tradition there. You know, maybe he sees that as a better opportunity where he can recruit. You know, maybe an easier conference to succeed in the Big East compared to the Big Twelve. I think you know he made a move that's best for him. I think he kind of knows what he's doing, and I think it was kind of best for both parties in the situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's really um, just yeah, I, I think it's best for both parties. The Texans can them to be bigger and better things, but let's talk about Chris Beard. <laughs> I mean.
1: This is a high. This is a higher, JP, because i You look at it. Chris Beard's already taken the team to a national championship. He's a very good coach. He's he has talent at Texas. I. He can do things. He can do some things.
0: I agree with that, and I think he will get talent at Texas. You he's know? a
1: great, not good, great coach, in my opinion. Not all time, obviously. I'm just talking, you know, current day today. knows
0: fundamentals, fundamentals. A he's great a
1: basketball mind. Yup. I think okay. that is a great hire for Texas.
0: Definitely. To take them away from
1: Texas, Tech is impressive. Definitely,
0: sure. 100%. And that's it for the coaching hires. But let's move into some news that broke earlier today. Roy Williams, after 33 years of coaching at Kansas and UNC, he's retiring. I mean, wow, what a career, Anthony. What a career.
1: Not much more this guy could have accomplished. Two national championships, all the ACC tournaments and ACC standings that he's won. All the
0: final you fours. You know, the
1: game at Duke, the final fours. It's remarkable. He had a great, great career. Started at Kansas, went to North Carolina. I mean, there's there's nothing better than that. Two blue bloods. Um,
0: Definitely. Maybe this
1: pandemic year took a little bit into him. Maybe you would have had a couple more years. You know, this is not a pandemic year. It's just a normal year. Hats off to Roy Williams, great career, but it also makes you really wonder how many more years Mike Shosetsky has left.
0: Same with Tom you know. Izzo. I mean, I know Tom Izzo. I mean, you you know he you can tell the guy he loves his I job. I believe
1: I believe Tom Izzo. I believe Tom Izzo has more years than a Krzyzewski and obviously Roy Williams, that he retired. I agree. But he, his career is winding down too. You know, it's it's sad to see, but also you know you gotta gotta admire what these guys do. You, at the college le- at the college basketball level, you know, 100%. when I, you know, I we constantly talk about you know winning national championships, but that is incredibly difficult to do, and they've all done that. Hats off to Roy Williams, cracked nine hundred wins this year. Um, Carolina is gonna have to get a new coach. It's gonna be very interesting to see yeah, that Carolina. Mean, I was,
0: was, was kind of wondering who's gonna fill in those shoes. You never know. We'll see. I mean, that we
1: that don't would... know. Somebody we still don't know who's gonna be filling in the, the shoes at Indiana for that job. So
0: oh no, we do. Uh, we do. We do know the Indiana. We do know the Indiana job. Oh I... yeah,
1: never mind. Indiana hired um they just hired somebody. I believe last week, right?
0: Yeah, I I do not. I do I not recall. About
1: that. They hired somebody. I know Penn State hired somebody. The Minnesota hired. somebody.
0: Yeah, I mean, his name was uh Mike Woodson. And why.
1: Yeah, he, he 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 he's familiar with Indiana. I think he used to be, be a part yeah, of that he, program. Yeah,
0: he yeah he was a part of the program, and I mean, damn, dang, I mean, interesting hire. I was
1: really hoping Indiana would possibly go after a guy like the Loyola coach, um, Brad Stevens.
0: Oh yeah, I Brad think. Stevens. I mean, I saw um saw a picture of um uh, I mean, Indiana fans outside Assembly Hall. I think they put like a, um a piece of paper with like Brad Stevens' name on it. I mean, they kinda were rooting for that, but of course Brad Stevens seems kinda I
1: think I think Indiana kinda got into this higher a little bit too quickly in my opinion. I you think know,
0: this this program is we are talking, I think. This there, program is, down... is this this program is historically great. I mean I mean hmm. the Bob Knight days, they, I mean this team we're talking, they used to be at the top of the big ten.
1: At the top nationally.
0: Top nationally. And they have they have Declined unbelievably. It's it's upsetting to see. I mean, I I, I would kind of like to see Indiana back at that level. To be honest, I mean. Wow. Oh yeah, I
1: just I, I we'll see with you know Mike Woodson, but I I think that they really could have gone after another guy, specifically Brad Stevens. I really because Brad Stevens, Indiana guy, former but, you know, really Butler somebody, coach, they need somebody to turn that program around and make them what they were. They cannot afford Mike Woodson to come out there and not bring them back to relevance. Because right now they're fading. It's becoming dead at Indiana. All the talent in the state of Indiana, you, you got to get the right guy to get that program back to where it should be. And that's at the top.
0: Definitely. So we'll
1: see. But I mean, that's a that. quick hire. I don't, we'll see. I really don't know much about what coaching experience Mike Woodson has.
0: I think he's been in the NBA for a little bit, but yeah, I I'm, I'm not complaining. I really I really
1: thought Brad Stevens or may possibly Loy the Loyola Coast could be a candidate for that job. You know, Chris Beard obviously his name's out. So that would have not even been an option probably. But yeah, I mean Indiana's gotta get that thing turned around and hopefully Mike Woodson can do that. Because I, I as a Michigan State fan I threw it for them to turn it around. It's better for all college basketball.
0: It is. And I mean it's it's upsetting to the point they've gotten to. But I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll see with um Woodson here. I mean, you never know. It could be a home run hire, but it can also be a tragic hire. We'll we'll see with Indiana,
1: Carolina. That Carolina job too, though. You know, not as open. that, that is. I mean, that's that gonna,
0: gonna be really job. interesting to see. That's gonna be that really. I think would
1: love to have that job. Carolina is Kyle's basketball. It's
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be very crazy to see, and I mean, let's just wind down here with a couple of questions. Um. Anthony, is this season for Michigan basketball a complete failure?
1: Not a failure. Very disappointing. Underachieving. A failure, in my opinion, would have been getting bounced early in the tournament, which didn't happen. But making You don't it, hang a
0: banner. You don't you don't, ha- you don't hang, you don't hang a, banner a banner for an Elite A. You don't hang a banner no, no. for an Elite A. You and this don't... team was
1: ranked in the top five the majority of the year. To come short against UCLA of all playing team. That 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 leaves the mark. It stings. It stings. For sure. They still want to make standings. They have a nice class coming in next year. We'll see if Juwan can do it consistently because I still – I think Juwan had a great coaching year, but – Long way to go. The great coach has been consistently year in, year out.
0: Definitely. And we've – I mean, this team, this Michigan team next year, I mean, who knows? Talent will be there.
1: (laughs) Who knows? Talent will be there with Michigan next year. But mm -hmm. we have constantly talked about me and you before starting this pod for the longest time that – Experience is key in college basketball. One and dones will bring you talent. They can bring you wins. But when the chips fall in March, when the when it gets really, really tight, it's better to have the experience over having the youth or the talent. 100... You know, you can look at Duke, Duke and Kentucky. They didn't even make it this year. They haven't made a Final Four since
0: 2015. Yup. And, I mean, freshmen, it... freshmen are not – Freshmen are not everything in college basketball. I mean, you have you have Caleb Hughes and Musa Diabita. You have Kobe Boffgren, All moment. three of which are all-American um McDonald's all-Americans, and this is a great class. Don't get me wrong. And I mean, we've heard we've heard, I mean, it's kind of early in the offseason. The offseason literally just started a couple of days ago after that UCLA loss, but we've heard yeah. some reports this morning not um from the Wolverine.com that maybe Eli Brooks is considering a return to the Wolverines next season. And wow, 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 wow. What a what a return that would be for the program. I mean, wow.
1: Can for we- sure, but it's gonna be a little bit more difficult for Michigan next year. Even with the return of Eli Brooks. Um, still a lot of freshmen on the roster. We underrate how much experience this Michigan team had this year with Chandi Brown, Isaiah Livers, Franz Wagner. Um, Mike Smith, definitely, definitely Eli Brooks. Like there was, you know, there was experience top to bottom. Austin Davis. I mean, that brought to you a lot of experience. Um, this year is going to be a little bit different. With them, it's going to be a lot of new faces. It's going to be a completely different team. Um, what I would be concerned for, and you know, Michigan State, my Spartans' experiences this, this year. When you have youth or. Question marks at that point guard position that can really bring your team down. And 100%. Michigan will have youth at that position no matter what because we both don't believe Mike Smith will be back. It's gonna probably be Frankie Collins. You won't. I, Mike I,
0: Smith, I think we know Mike Smith. I mean, we can guarantee Mike Smith and Isaiah Livers, who entered his name, Isaiah Livers entered his name in the draft last year, but came back, which proved to be a great decision. Praying for Isaiah, man, praying for a quick recovery, speedy yeah. recovery. And Franz Wagner, is, he's on a lot of mock drafts. I mean, he's probably gonna go to the NBA. Let's yeah, see. We don't,
1: we don't, there's no reason for him to stay, in my opinion. I don't really understand how he could up his stock too much more than it is right now. I think he's for the way he performed this year. I don't really believe he's totally ready. But the way his stock is, there's no reason why he should. go NBA back
0: teams now. see the potential with him. I mean, we've had we've had uh, questions have emerged about his attitude, his work ethic. Which I mean, it's there, man. I mean,
1: so, and you know, he'll be asked about, you know, down the stretch in the clutch, you know, you airball a three, you know, you miss the other one.
0: Way to bring it up, Anthony. Thank you for the (laughs) airballing the three. Thank you. You
1: know, like, so, yeah, there'll be questions for him, but he has has NBA talent. 100%. There's no denying that. And, you know, another guy we're not really talking about, but should be interesting to look at. Maybe Hunter Dickinson tests his name. And the nba draft party, takes a look at it i mean where he sits among everyone else
0: i mean me and anthony for those of you who, who who haven't been uh uh listening to the pod i mean we've been wondering is hunter dickinson seriously seriously considering entering his name into the draft and i mean you call me crazy i think he's gonna try and pursue his nba dream but we'll see if he comes back. I,
1: mean, I really believe he's going to at least test his name. I like think that? so. I think so. Every player now with this new rule the NBA has, you know, come up with of, you know, being able to test your name in the NBA drafts, get feedback. A lot of players do it. it it's, and he, it's there's really no reason why opinion, he shouldn't. Yeah. There's no reason why he should not. If you go test your name, he gets feedback he can come back to school. He can fix the issue, fix the issues that he has in the NBA's eyes, yeah. and enter next year. I, I
0: honestly, that, I love, I honestly love it. great from the NBA. It's really great in my great opinion.
1: Great rule, great rule, because a lot of these kids that enter the draft and they don't really know much about, like they hear stuff, but you don't hear it from the like people in the NBA specifically. You don't about um. Where you would fall, what you need to really work on, all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, Hunter, Hunter should definitely take a look, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I think he ultimately will.
0: If I was Hunter, I great what a great season, Big Ten Freshman of the Year. I don't want to, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be his mom or anything, but if I were him, man, I would come back to Ann Arbor. I don't. I mean, you know, I don't think his stock will get any higher, but I think he can become better as a player. He can develop that right hand that players will catch on to next year. Trust me, they will. And they kind of caught on to it this year.
1: I yeah, mean, you know, cause Hunter Dickinson, he's always spinning to that left hand. You know, he's obviously very effective with it. You know, there's a reason why I won Big Ten Freshman of the Year. He was able to get to that left hand and do damage. But what would benefit him is having a right hand because he doesn't use it much.
0: You need you it know, in the possibly, NBA. You need possibly
1: the, you a need little players. bit of, possibly a little bit of outside shot. You know, free. You know, he, he occasionally would take a, you know, free throw line is type of jumper.
0: Definitely. But
1: he should maybe expand expand his game that way and conditioning a little bit. You know, sometimes he gets a little bit worn down up and down the floor. Agreed. Um, there's some little things he can improve on, obviously, but it should be interesting to see where NBA scouts see see him falling. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys like Jordan Poole and Dankis left when a lot of people thought they shouldn't leave. You know, but if if you land that G League roster, that's sometimes all a player needs to make that NBA roster. I mean, a-
0: Jordan Poole was off last year. Had I, I mean, his rookie campaign, he had a nobody
1: thought Jordan Poole was gonna go first round, and he ended up falling first round. That is, yeah, that and- is what's you know. Interesting about this whole NBA draft process. We don't I mean, really know where Hunter Dickens is falling pool NBA. Jordan Poole, NBA guys.
0: Speaking of Jordan Poole, he's he just got sure speaking of Jordan Poole, he just got back from the G League and he's been very good. He's been great. I mean, you know, the G League is great. I mean Players can really develop their confidence. The, Dickinson would for sure
1: get a shot in the G League without a doubt if he doesn't make an NBA roster offer. It and like the draft. I, I agree.
0: I agree with you on that. And let's talk. Let's talk. Um, let's switch over from Michigan and let's switch over something I know Anthony will love to talk about. Michigan State. They just yeah. lost Rocket Watts in the transfer portal, which is many Michigan State fans are rejoicing about that. Anthony, how do you feel? <laughs>
1: I don't think it's as good as people are making it. He has a lot of talent. You know, they call him Rocket for a reason. He's quick. He's able to get to his spot. You know, if if his head's right, he can be a good player. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a good player in another situation that fits him better. You know, Michigan State's looking for a true point guard. Rockwell Boss doesn't really fit that type of mold. He's more of a one-on-one, I-want-to-score-the-ball type of player. More of a shooting guard, really, than a point guard. Played shooting guard his whole life. But that's kind of expected. You know, you you land in the northeastern church. Tyson Walker, who's averaging 18 a game, won his conference defensive player of the year. Experienced player. You have Jaden Akins coming in, highly touted four-star. You have also A.J. Hogarth on the roster, who a lot of people believe can develop to be a solid player here. The spots were limited for Rockwell. And also, if you want to play shooting guard, Max Christie is going to be starting next year. I think that's pretty much set in stone. Him being McDonald's all American, he that's his spot. So the, the spots were limited for Rocket Watson this roster. Him and Izzo talked for a long time, you know, after after obviously the exit against UCLA, about where he fits on this team. And I think it was probably best for both sides. But he may end up being a pretty good player somewhere else, and people should not be surprised if he does.
0: There is no doubt. There is no doubt that the potential is there for Rocket Watts. Highly touted out of high school, played with the played with Lamelo Ball, and yeah, I mean, yep. th- I mean, this is the sky's the limit for the kid. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, we'll we'll see with him. It's kind of.
1: But by the way, this transfer portal, football and basketball, man, it is getting utilized. Lots of guys are transferring.
0: In my opinion,
1: it's very, it's very new. I
0: mean, in my opinion. The the dress pool is it's a good it's a good thing but it's kind of being overused like guys,
1: guys. Need, I I do agree though. Like in this situation, Rocket Watts, it was best for him to go because his spot on this roster was not there. But when guys quit that easily, it it's hard. The they just quit. They quit the so easily. Sports. I, it's like, it's like a guy that it's like you, you see it not work. Perfectly, and you—it's kind of like the NBA free agency. You don't see it work perfectly. You go join another team, you know. I—I I don't want that to be the, what college basketball comes to. A lot of guys just transferring. Agreed, agreed. I think it's good, but we need—we need to be careful about it because a lot of guys are transferring free fluidly. Um, but yeah, there, there's obviously a good situation to transfer transferring. Obviously, some questionable times when you transfer. But everyone yeah. has their
0: own. I mean, the Rocket Watts transfer. I mean. You, you're, you're telling me you're going to go against the guy for that was a great transfer. I mean, yeah, like, you
1: can't blame the kid. Like, we already broke it down. Like, we have both point sides. Yeah. on the roster for Michigan State. You have Max Christie coming in. Pierre Brooks is also another guy we haven't even talked about, shooting guard coming in. Like, the spot for Rocky Watts was not here. You know, if he goes to Florida State, Louisville for an example yeah Louisville decent. is
0: emerging as a favorite for Watts. and I mean like it it really is best for both sides but then I see players who oh it's my freshman year I didn't get enough playing time I don't oh. really like I don't really like the campus so yeah. why'd you commit there I mean do not I agree. I don't, agree. don't don't transfer give it a chance like you know rocket I don't rock society it, it just become, wasn't working out. i become
1: way too soft in that sense, though. Like, yeah, it, it, you it gotta is tough it out a little bit. Obviously, in situations where you should transfer, but sometimes you got to tough it out a little bit. You got to go through things in adversity because every situation you're in is going to bring adversity.
0: I so, in conclusion, with the transfer portal, I mean, it's a great tool, nothing's wrong with it, mm-hmm. but it's being overutilized. Oh, yeah. I mean. sure. It is, in, my, in, in both of our opinions. I mean, what well, I mean. It should, be, it should be exciting to see. This should be a very interesting offseason for Michigan and Michigan State.
1: For sure. A lot of change is going to be happening with both teams.
0: Definitely. And let's end off the pod with one more kind of overview. Duke and Kentucky, as we know, have struggled this year. Mm-hmm. Are you worried?
1: I, I would not be too worried in this situation, and that is because there was no off season this year, and that is crucial to programs like Kentucky and Duke, who bring in freshmen every year and need the off season to get what they believe in, you know their system and all that type of stuff into these guys.
0: They didn't have that. They didn't have that off. They didn't have that off season this year. I mean, they didn't really have that guy. Like you had Kentucky what? with Tyler Hero. You had, I mean, Duke with Zion. You, they
1: did right, not and have that fun. guy. Tatum, Anthony Davis. So.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, I, I, there, wasn't, there wasn't that guy this year, but they would have not misdetermined in my eyes if there was an offseason to where they could get their freshmen playing at their level where they usually do. And when and, there's no offseason for a freshman university, freshman teams like Kentucky and Duke year and year out, that's difficult on them.
0: And yeah, I mean... I do not want. I, I am not a big fan of the one and done type of programs, and it's one of my worries that Michigan will become one of these kind of mm-hmm. schools, which I'm I'm not a big fan of. I mean, guys, like I mean, you saw um, Bren Boston. Yeah. That's, I think I think I'm getting his name. I think I'm getting his name around. Right. Kentucky, the freshman, BJ great Boston. talent. B J. Boston. Ex- BJ yeah. Boston. Excuse me. I mean, great talent out of high school, and. He had a very bad year at Kentucky, and you go and declare. Why are you declaring, my man? Come back another year, develop your game, and I. You're you're very you're very talented, but I'm sorry to
1: break it to you. This is this is what people don't talk about. I've heard from sort like people, you know, like when I talk about college basketball and this this exact issue, of people leaving early. Um, they're bringing in a new class every year. So if you're a point guard at Duke, for an example, and they have a five-star kid coming in the next year, and you didn't perform up to maybe the level where you would have liked another year would benefit you, they're still gonna suggest you to leave because yeah. they have their five-star coming in that they promise starting minutes.
0: Exactly. I mean, like Coach K and Coach Cal maybe like shoving them out. I mean, you mean
1: you can't, you can't, you obviously can't tell a kid to leave, but you might, you might bribe him to leave. You might be like. You, I think you're ready. This, that, because you have you have the kid behind him that you promise that you're, you're going to start him.
0: 100 percent. It's, it's
1: different because in college football, there's three years before you leave. Yep. So when you when you bring a kid in, they would be okay riding the bench for a little bit for a more experienced player that's possibly a junior senior. Yep. But in college basketball, it's one year out. Like it is a constant cycle, and you and you you probably saw it with Boston. Post Calipari, he has his guy coming in next year, and he do- he doesn't want Boston to be there. Quite frankly, he thinks he he promised that kid minutes, and he doesn't want Boston to be there to interfere with that.
0: And I'm gonna be quite frank with you. I don't like it. I don't like the one and done system. It's not
1: good. It's not. It's I really mean, not, it's not great for them, but they're they're gonna start realizing as years go on. They're not the programs they were when you go one-and-done and you're not making Final Fours. You're not. And you're coming up short every year. I mean... I mean, the perfect example. You have a team, Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Trey Jones. I mean, that that is talent across the board. That is about as good as you can get with one-and-done caliber players. And they lose in the Elite Eight to Michigan State, an experienced, not as talented team, but experienced team. You see... I mean, um.
0: We saw with Michigan this year. Yeah. Um, okay, we do know Michigan. We do know Michigan didn't go to the Final Four this year, unfortunately. But yep. the experience, the experience carried them. Is it is it wrong to have – you saw Hunter Dickinson. Is it wrong to have that star freshman or even two star freshmen? No, but you, no. your whole
1: foundation cannot be freshmen. It if cannot. It, if you're starving four freshmen and a sophomore, it's just not going to like – You'll win games, possibly, with talent. Like, you know, you see with Duke and Zion, with um, Tyler Hero in Kentucky. When the chips fall and it gets really, really tight in March, the more experienced team wins consistently. Obviously, sometimes you see the freshman win, but it's the more reliable option is to have an experienced
0: team. 100%. I mean, you see... I just... It's... Coach K... Not to – The guys, arguably the best college basketball coach of all time, yeah. but the the freshman is not gonna work, my man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to talk. Okay, I'm not. I haven't won five national titles as a coach at Duke.
1: It, it can't work like Anthony Davis at Kentucky was a freshman, but it's very difficult for it. To that's play. one
0: freshman. That that that's mm-hmm. one freshman. I mean, you they. I mean, Coach K won two of his natties very early on in his career in the in the 90s and that's when one and done basketball was literally unheard of it was unheard of it was unheard of for a it was unheard of for a freshman to even set a foot on the court until the fab five kind of broke that broke that stretch with freshman playing but it's I mean, just not. It's just not really working. It, it might work. I mean, like you said with Anthony Davis, which is a it one. It could players, work, but
1: it's not. It's not, you know, a uh, a reliable option, a reliable suitor to have success as a program.
0: They, I, I hate to say it, they're going to learn it the hard way. I mean, we might. Oh, who knows? They might go out. Go well. I mean,
1: it's years, years, and years are going on, and Kentucky and Duke haven't made the Final Four since twenty fifteen. Which is it's which crazy is embarrassing. To think about, which we which talk is embarrassing. About the
0: it's embarrassing with all the talent they bring in. I mean, they bring we talk in... talk about them
1: as great as they are, but all these, all the talent year in, year out, because of the youth, they, they always fa- seem to falter.
0: 100%. I mean, well, what a pod it was today. A lot.
1: A lot of stuff going on.
0: We talked about a lot. I mean, we'll be back. We will be back to talk the Final Four and National Championship. I mean wow what a what a pod we had today Anthony as always thank yeah. you for coming on my man no I've been and, to
1: be here. a lot of stuff, good stuff that we talked about today
0: Definitely sure. and everybody thank you for coming on thank you for listening everyone and we'll see you next time on The Today in Sports Podcast